so critically acclaimed. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Not So Critically Acclaimed podcast. I'm Laura, and this week's episode is extremely special because just a few days ago marked the one-year anniversary from starting the podcast. So I just wanted to do a little something special to look back at this past year. I know it's been a crazy one, super different from the rest, but it has also been a great year for myself in terms of creating this podcast and the community that I've built, and I'm just really thankful for all of my listeners. Um, Like I said, I would answer questions. And so thank you to all the people who submitted questions on my Instagram story. Um, I really appreciate that because obviously I wouldn't have been able to do this episode if you guys didn't ask anything. So I'm going to try and answer as many of the questions as I can. I kind of organized the questions into two different categories. So the first one has kind of been like about myself and my journey with starting the podcast, you know, why I did it, how I did it, you know, any tips and stuff and that kind of general informational type of things. And the second category is more like TV specific because I did say you guys could ask questions about TV. So a lot of the questions ended up being like about specific shows and opinions and stuff. So of course, a good majority of the um, shows that you guys asked about, I've already done podcast episodes like about them in its entirety. So you can get a lot more opinions about those shows. Um, However, obviously, um, those shows like might have been done at the very beginning of the podcast. And now my opinions could have changed about them. So you'll get a little bit of an update. But I'll remind you guys later of that when we get there in the podcast. So let's begin. So the first question was, what made you want us to start a podcast? So also, I apologize that some of these answers are going to be very like long because it kind of just paints a whole story of, you know, my mindset, where I was and the whole journey that I've taken. So let's go back in time to January 2020. It was my winter break before my last semester of college, and I was just chilling at home, probably watching TV, scrolling through social media. And I think I must have seen like a fan account or something on Instagram and that had an opinion about a show or something, and I wanted to share it. Um, But then I started to think about like potentially starting some kind of social media platform of my own to discuss like my favorite shows and throwbacks and things like that. So I've told you all before, but I absolutely love TV shows and movies, and I love fan theories, discussing my opinions, Easter eggs, references, connections, and all sorts of things like that, but I don't always have people to talk about them. Either my friends don't watch the shows I'm talking about or they'll only listen to an extent of what I have to say because I, you know, don't want to annoy them. So with all that being said, I thought about creating either a YouTube channel or podcast to discuss all these opinions and stuff and hopefully, you know, find a community who cares about hearing about these things. And if people like don't, then they don't. At least I have a chance to express my interest and like put everything together and find my voice with it. So when I came down to deciding, I obviously chose a podcast over a YouTube channel because logistically speaking, I thought it would be easier since YouTube videos take a lot of editing. Also, I was kind of nervous about, you know, being on camera, like not super comfortable with that because it's just a little bit awkward. Like you're staring at yourself, you know, trying not to use your hand movements all the time, but also like trying to be emotional, not emotional, but like animated and really into things. So I just felt like podcasts are more like my style and I really thought that they were a lot more popular nowadays too. So it'd be easier for it to like take off. 
So then winter break was over. I went back to school and I told all my friends that I was going to do this project, especially since I was only taking three classes. So I had a lot of time on my hands. I brainstormed names with my friends and thought about the audience for my podcast and ultimately like what my goals were. So from the creative standpoint, I was super ready, but the problem was the logistics. I had no idea how to start this podcast. So by dumb luck, I ended up meeting someone who worked at this um, like part of this organization in like that I was a part of in college and she had experience creating a podcast because she had like studied broadcast journalism when she was in school and so she had to take a class like all about creating a podcast so she gave me some ideas as to how to get started and that led me to finding out that my school actually had its own recording studio in our library that I could that I could reserve to record So I learned how to use the microphones and the editing software, and it was really funny. Like I was always going every week at the same day at the same time, and I had to get this little key card to like access the room. So I always was like interacting with the same person working at the desk every like Monday. But yes, so in a few short weeks, I figured out the recording and editing, and I found a free platform that another one of my friends had told me about called Anchor, and it was a really easy platform to use just where I would upload my um, like sound, like the recordings, and then it would distribute my podcast to all the major listening platforms free of charge. So I was like, this is fantastic. And there was no limit, like Spotify and some and SoundCloud like limits how much you can upload, and this doesn't. So then I started an Instagram account where I just posted memes and gifs to promote which shows were gonna be done each week. And slowly but surely, you know, I got some listens with that. And then obviously what really allowed my podcast to take off was when I got involved in TikTok, but I'll get more into that with a later question. Okay, then I got a lot of questions about like, do you have a side job besides the podcast? You know, are you still are you in college? Like, do you have a job? All that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a complicated answer. Um, So like I said, I started the podcast in January 2020 while I was still in school. And then I graduated in May of 2020 from Emory University and have been trying to find a full time job since then. But obviously, it is extremely difficult because of the pandemic. So since starting the podcast, I have put out a new episode every single week. I've never missed a week. At first, the podcast was mainly like work on the weekends, like preparing my talking points for the episode and then actually recording. But as time went on and I branched out to TikTok, it has, of course, become a lot more work since I post two videos every day on TikTok. So I need to spend time on the app to get ideas and then, of course, create the content. Also recently, it's kind of dictated what I've been watching also. Like at first I was doing all the typical shows that I had seen years ago, but now I've been focusing on trending shows. So I have to decide like what shows I want to watch because that's going to be what I then do on the podcast. But I know that didn't exactly answer the question yet. So sorry. No, I don't currently have a job. I don't have a full-time job, if that's what you're wondering. I have had some freelancing jobs that fit into my career goals, and I know someone asked, like, what is my dream job? So here is your answer. My goal and dream job is to be a live events producer in the entertainment industry. So that means organizing things like rap parties, which are the parties that the cast and crew have after finishing, like, filming shows and movies, 
Also then film premieres, award shows, red carpets, and the upfronts. So if you don't know what the upfronts is, it's basically an annual event where all the major networks present their shows for the upcoming TV season to advertising companies so that the advertisers can then choose which network they want to buy ad time for. So with that being said, the live events and entertainment industry as a whole have been severely impacted by the pandemic, which makes it only that much harder to get a job in an extremely, like in an already extremely competitive industry. So I'm every day I'm like, you know, looking for new jobs and stuff. I've done, like I said, I was doing some general work that could relate to my career goal. So for example, I worked with an aspiring screenwriter and learned the ins and outs of creating a TV show and movies and all about like character development, world building. Um, and that was really cool and a really great experience. I learned so much in such a short amount of time. I also created social media content for a YA author to launch her debut novel. And I did that for several months. Um, so yeah, And then the other thing I will say is that I know probably a lot of people have heard this, but in case you haven't um, and anyone can relate, people have said like finding a full-time job really is a full-time job. And I can totally agree to that. Like I always feel like my parents just think I sit at home and watch TV all day, but like, no, I don't do that. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn searching companies I'm interested in working for, finding people who then work at those companies and, you know, creating spreadsheets with potential people to reach out to and then messaging them to set up informational calls where I can, you know, learn about their positions and create a network of people who can hopefully then help on my journey to get a job in the future. So I spend a lot of my time like during the days doing that. I obviously go back and forth. So like I'll spend a few hours on LinkedIn doing that, applying to jobs if I see them. Sometimes I have phone calls. Other times then I'm working on creating content for TikTok. Or sometimes, you know, at my lunchtime, I'll usually take a break and watch a little bit of TV. Um, So that's kind of like what I do, I guess, on a daily basis. Um, But thankfully, you know, because of TikTok, it's given me like opportunities. And um, like, for example, I got to do a paid media campaign um, a few days ago to promote a new show. So that was obviously like really cool that I was promoting a lot of shows on in general on my TikTok, but then like to get approached for like an actual paid campaign to do it was like, wow, this is really fulfilling. And hopefully I'll get more of those in the future. Sorry, I know that was really long. Okay, another um, question. What are your goals for the podcast? So my goals for the podcast when first starting out was, of course, to give TV show recommendations because I always felt like there were a bunch of shows that I watched that weren't as mainstream as others, but are within the same genre. So I hoped that people would listen to the podcast and trust that, um, oh, like Laura, she's telling me to watch this show. She really likes, let's say, Gilmore Girls and The Vampire Diaries, which are two of my favorites. I'm going to trust her and try this show that I haven't heard of, that I haven't heard much about. So that was always my goal is like just to continue to give TV show recommendations. I mean, of course, a lot of the shows that I have done have been mainstream. And the more I've done these shows and um, been on TikTok, the more I've learned that a lot of the shows that I thought aren't as mainstream, there actually are still a good amount of people who have watched it. 
Um, and then another goal I, is that I just wanted to create a space where people who love the same shows as me could learn more about them and just hear, you know, someone's opinions to see if they're similar to theirs or not. Because I feel like people love to hear, you know, other people's opinions about shows and, you know, see if they align with their own. Um, and also like learn new things like about Easter eggs or fun facts or these references that I like talk about a lot. Um, and then the last goal, I guess I would say is, of course, this podcast started out just as like a passion project and gave me something to do, but it has given me a lot of opportunities. Like I got my content creation and social media management gig because of my TikTok experience. And it has shown that I just like, it also shows that I didn't just sit around doing nothing for these, this whole time during the pandemic. Um, like I mean, I would love if some big media company saw the value in a podcast like mine and wanted to expand it. Obviously not likely, but a girl could dream. Um, But I also hope it just shows like how passionate and committed I am to the entertainment industry, um, especially since like that's something I'm trying to pursue as a career. Okay, another fun question. Tips for TikTok. So this is a great question, and I'm just going to give an overview of my whole journey with TikTok because it's, like, pretty funny, and I feel like a lot of people have a similar, like, journey. So my journey with with TikTok was enemies to lovers. Um, I feel like I've told this story before, but, like, bear with me. My first exposure to TikTok was in the summer of 2019 when I was living in New York City for an internship, and I stayed with my cousins for some of the time. And my then 14-year-old cousin was absolutely obsessed with the app. Um, She was my only exposure to it. And I would see her, you know, learning these dances and she would want me to do them with her. And I was like, no. And I really just didn't understand why people doing these dancing, these dances were like so entertaining and why it was like people would go viral for it. So then I went back to school in the fall and I was hearing a little bit more about it from like a few people in like some of the clubs and organizations I was a part of. But again, I still didn't really get into it. It wasn't until around January when my friend sent me a TikTok about High School Musical, the musical, the series, and I thought it was really funny and I wanted to put it on my Instagram story because it was the week that I was recording episodes of the podcast about High School Musical, the musical, the series. But in order to to do that, I had to download the TikTok app. So I downloaded the app, posted the video, and then because of that video, I was like, oh, maybe there will be more videos on the app that are funny and like about shows that I'm going to talk about on the podcast. So I figured, you know, I'll keep the app around. And then like every week when I'm getting ready to post on Instagram about it, I would check TikTok to see if I could find a video um, for the show that I was talking about that week. So again, I really like didn't ever go on it. It was just like a once a week thing, but I didn't always do it. And then it wasn't until the end of March, I think, when like quarantine really, you know, picked up and I started going on TikTok more. I was like just curious about it. And I went on more and more every day and actually like started scrolling and, you know, watching the videos, but I didn't make an account. And it wasn't until when I finished school in May when I actually made an account and started posting videos like on my personal account. And so that account was fun at first, but then I got too invested in how many views slash likes I was getting. And I started to delete videos right away when they didn't, you know, quote unquote, blow up. And naturally that led to my account getting into this state where my videos would never get on the For You page. So of course, then I just naturally like stopped posting because I was like not into it. So with that aside though, I was always seeing some accounts that were like fan accounts, 
or they would post stuff about shows. So I thought about maybe, you know, I should start one for the podcast. And I ended up doing that in June of 2020. But it was very difficult because, you know, as soon as I posted, I was like, well, now I need to come up with more content ideas. You need to constantly be posting. So I just wanted to give you guys that background for like my experience with TikTok. So that way I could, you know, frame the answers for like tips for TikTok better. So initially, here are my overall tips. First, you need to figure out what the goal of your TikTok account is going to be. For me, it was always promoting my podcast and the types of shows and movies I watched and discussed. So this is important because it will help you make content. And then when making content, it's important to remember your audience and what purpose the content will serve. From what I've learned on TikTok, in order for your content to be successful, it needs to do one of three, it needs to be one of three things. Entertaining, informational, or relatable. Because in the end of the day, that's the kind of things that people want to watch. Then more specifically, I will say that People have said that the first few videos you post are extremely important as they'll set the tone for how your account will do on the app. So it'll basically dictate if you have the ability to reach only hundreds of people or thousands and maybe even millions. Another tip I would say, never delete videos. Like I said, I got into trouble with that on my personal account. So if you messed up on a video or something, um, you should just switch the video setting to private. And the reason for doing this is that if TikTok sees you constantly deleting your videos, it's not going to prioritize your content on the For You page. Um, And then speaking of the For You page, of course, always try to use trending songs and sounds, use relevant hashtags, and try to post consistently. Um, Because that's the whole thing is TikTok wants to see that you're, you know, being consistent in what you're posting and like staying active on the app. So you shouldn't like just post like once a week and then go away. Like you should post several times a day. And then when you reach a certain amount of followers, I think it's a thousand, you can get access to all sorts of insights about them, like what time of day they are most active. So you should obviously post then. Um, Another major tip in general, and this goes for like all sorts of social media, is to engage with the app like, comment, and share videos. And also, like what I was saying, when you get to a 1,000 followers, another um, thing you get is you can go live. So I was extremely scared about going live, and I didn't do it until I hit like 10,000 or 20,000 followers. But I've now grown to love it. Like I've gone, I usually would go live, I think like at least like once a week. Sometimes, you know, I would go live in the middle of the afternoon during the week if I was like bored and had nothing to do. And it's really fun because I love answering questions and just talking about TV and giving recommendations like in real time because obviously my podcast is like me just putting all this information out there and every once in a while I do get DMs from people, you know, responding to things I've mentioned in the podcast, but it's really nice how like when I go live, I could say like, oh, did anyone feel like this? And then people will actually answer and you can like have a conversation more about these opinions and thoughts as opposed to just the podcast where like it's me being like, did anyone else think that? And then I just move on to the next point. Um, yeah. And then my last tip for TikTok would be don't get bogged down by the hate. 
I have gotten all sorts of comments about my physical appearance, like people being concerned about my black eyes, which they're not. They are dark brown, but I guess they just appear that way on screen. I've gotten comments about sounding monotone or emotionless, which I am definitely not, but it I can see how it comes across that way on TikTok when you're trying to jam so much information in only like a 60 second video. And then of course I've gotten opinion I've gotten comments about my opinions saying things like I have no taste or I'm trying to be quirky with my opinions or I'm wrong on certain things like blah blah blah. At the end of the day you have to remember that whatever content you're putting out there are always going to be people enjoying it and it's resonating with and most of the time there are way more people supporting you than hating on you and those are the people that you should focus on. And also, at the end of the day, if you're not having fun with it anymore, like, don't bother. I definitely have felt at times, like, the pressure of social media. I compare myself. There's, like, two accounts that I regularly check on TikTok just to see, you know, how many followers they have, how their videos are doing in comparison to mine. And, you know, it happens to the best of us. There also have been times where I'm posting just for the sake of posting because I'm like, I have to do my two videos a day. I can't, like, I can't um, not post. But other times it's like, I feel like my ideas just aren't that great and the content isn't doing well. But then, so you get into slumps, but then of course you can bounce back just like that. So I would just say like, you know, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons because, you know, you want to have fun. You want to like do something good about it. Like that's my general opinion. Okay. Then the last question that is like podcast advice, things related, I would say is how do you measure the success of your podcast? So I would answer that I measure the success of the podcast by all of you. Obviously, the number of listeners and followers on social media is a great indication of the success, but more than that are the many, many comments and DMs where you tell me that you love listening to my podcast on your way home from school, or you were never into podcasts, but you love mine, or you took my advice and watched a specific show or movie and you absolutely loved it. It's all about you guys and the community that we've built, so thank you so much and I mean, I'm just, I couldn't be happier and I like look forward to another year of this podcast and all of our interactions. Okay, now as promised, here are the TV related questions that you guys wanted me to answer. Um, Again, this is just a reminder that um, a lot of the questions were about specific shows or movies that I have already discussed in its own episode of the podcast. So I encourage you, if you're a new listener or you've come to the community like fairly recently, scroll back because like I said, I've done an episode a week more than an episode usually because, you know, every TV show has part one and part two, but I've done it for every week for the past year. So I guarantee you there are shows that I've talked about that you didn't even realize I've talked about or shows that you should definitely consider and try out if you're looking for something new. So I encourage you to do that. So the first question is, why don't you watch Stranger Things? So someone asked this in direct relation to the video I posted about TV shows TV shows I'll never watch. Now, I included Stranger Things because from what I know and have seen about the show, it seems a bit too dark and super supernatural for my liking. And I know it's mainly about kids that are a lot younger than me, so I don't really think it will resonate with me. Um, and then another question someone asked is a TV show you would never watch. So with that being said, I'll just say the rest of the shows that were in the video. And that, w- that was The Office, Parks and Rec, The Politician, SVU, 
The Haunting of Hill House, and Ratchet. And there are a bunch of other shows that kind of like fit in that area. So things like American Horror Story, um, Orange is the New Black, like I don't know, there's just a bunch of shows. So like for me, The Office and Parks and Rec, and I feel like also The Politician, are just not my type of humor. My type of humor is very much like Friends, How I Met Your Mother, and New Girl. Um, and then as for things like Haunting of Hill House, Ratchet, and like, you know, other things, a lot of these other horror type shows, I hate horror. Like I never watch horror movies. Um, and I'll, that's like a thing I'll answer in the next question. So I just don't like things that are dark or too supernaturally. Yes, I have watched The Vampire Diaries and Teen Wolf and stuff, but that supernatural stuff isn't as like gory and dark. It's more like still lighthearted because, you know, it's framed in like this teen drama that's still based in reality. Whereas, you know, I know Stranger Things has like this whole other world of like the upside down, which is like not reality and stuff. Um, so yeah, and then SVU, I'm just not into crime shows. So yeah. Okay, then someone asked a movie you would never watch. I feel like the only movies I won't watch are horror ones, like I said, or extremely, extremely critically acclaimed movies. Now, someone commented on one of my videos asking what does critically acclaimed mean? And I thought I would just bring it up again in this context and describe it in case, you know, people don't know, especially because it relates to the title of my podcast. So critically acclaimed means that it has gotten great reviews from TV and movie critics, and it has probably also won many awards from like these esteemed entities. So like things like the Golden Globes or the Academy Awards or the Emmys. So I mean, I discussed this in the very first episode of my podcast when I said um, that my podcast is called Not So Critically Acclaimed because all the shows and movies that I loved are not critically acclaimed. Like they're feel good movies and TV shows that, yeah, they're, they don't always have the best reviews and win awards, but they are appreciated and loved nonetheless by so many people. Um, and they're so, like extremely impactful on people's lives and everything, even though like the critics don't say they are. Um, and so like usually like the only movies that I've seen that are usually nominated in the Oscars are the ones in the category for like best original music because those are like the musicals and the Disney movies and children's movies and stuff like that. So that's why I call it not so critically acclaimed. Um, so like I'm saying, I will like I would watch some critically acclaimed movies because yes, I have seen some like I saw Parasite that won the um, best picture award at the Oscars last year and it was phenomenal. Like I will say obviously I you know, I change it up every once in a while. But other times like I just don't understand why they're good. For example, Blue Valentine, I could not understand why that was such a great movie. I really just didn't get it. Um, and I feel like it also could have to do in like the shaping of the narrative where a lot of these shows, like especially like coming of age movies tend to be critically acclaimed and ones that I don't always love because it feels like there isn't a real like A to B to C storyline. It's just kind of like showing their life or something and there's not a main storyline. Okay, now a very fun question that I love. What is your all time favorite ship? So this is an easy answer for me, and it's Styles and Lydia from Teen Wolf. I could go on and on about these two forever, and if you want to hear all the details, be sure to listen to the Teen Wolf Part 2 episode of the podcast because I go into depth. But overall, I just love how deep their connection was and how even though we didn't get that many scenes of them as a couple, the audience still felt the power of their relationship. And guys, I wanted to share something hilarious 
And that happened a few months ago. So a few months ago in relation to Styles and Lydia. So a few months ago, MTV had the like movie and TV awards, like greatest of all time, because obviously like there weren't a lot of movies that were in theaters this year. So I guess they couldn't do like new nominations and stuff. So they just were looking back at the greatest ones. Um, and so when I was watching, of course, they would do like a category, like, you know, best fight scene or something. And they would show like an ensemble of scenes from all these like iconic things over the years. And so at one point I saw one, um, one of the ensembles, I don't remember what category it was for, but I saw like Derek from Teen Wolf in there and I literally freaked out and I was like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh yeah, of course, like, cause it's MTV um mtv is where teen wolf aired so they're gonna like take advantage and like lean into their own programming but then i like saw that but i kind of like forgot about it whatever and then later we get to the best kiss and of course that was always like such a great one like especially because earlier in the 2000s i feel like they stopped doing it in the recent years but whoever was nominated for best kiss it was kind of like this little tradition where whoever won um would like go on stage and recreate it so some of the best ones are like when rachel mcadams and ryan gosling recreated the notebook um kiss and that was like i posted that actually on tiktok for one of my from like my favorite award show moments then there's also funny ones with like twilight where like robert pattinson and taylor lautner kiss it was really funny but i bring this up because when they showed the little like ensemble video of scenes from like all these iconic kisses over the years the first one was Styles and Lydia's kiss at the end of in the middle of season six. And I kid you not, I fell out of my chair because I just wasn't expecting to see it. And I because, you know, I know like Team Wolf was it ended. Yeah, it only ended like four years ago, but it's like new to me. But I feel like because it, it's new to me, like, oh, it's old. It's not currently on. Like, I don't know how many people are actually into it. But then like seeing it on the TV in this category, I was so happy and I freaked out and it was funny because I was watching with my mom and she's like what is wrong with you and I'm like I'm sorry I'm just so excited it's Styles and Lydia but yes that is that and then I also just want to use this as a chance to give you like my top 10 ships in TV shows because I feel like a lot of people are always wondering about these I made a video on TikTok a while back but it's definitely been updated since I've watched new shows so number one is Styles and Lydia. Number two is Peyton and Lucas from One Tree Hill. Now I know, I know everyone is hardcore Naley fans, but for me, I got into One Tree Hill because of Chad Michael Murray. So I was always heavily invested in his relationships. And that's also why I like season five is one of my favorite seasons on One Tree Hill, even though like many people hate it. Number three is Rory and Logan from Gilmore Girls. Team Logan forever. I could talk about this till the end of time, why they were the perfect match for each other. And I feel like this is one of the only shows where the fandom is pretty evenly split on like a, in a team. Like most of the time there's a clear preference and it's usually like the um, team that won. So like, for example, the Vampire Diaries team, team Stefan or team Damon majority of the fandom is on team Damon, even though I'm on team Stefan. But with that being said, I feel like Gilmore Girls has a pretty even split between Jess and Logan. And I feel like it has to do with the fact that Gilmore Girls never has her end up with anyone. So like it's very, it's open-ended, like it could be anyone. So people are really like pushing for it as opposed to these other ones where clearly the person ends up with someone and that's usually the one that has more of the fans. 
Okay, number four is Joey and Pacey from Dawson's Creek. One of my favorite enemies to lovers relationships. It's literally perfection. The ups and downs and also like... I just have to say, they have probably one of the most romantic scenes in all of television, in my opinion. And it happens at the end of season three when they're at the anti-prom and they're dancing and Pacey comments on how Joey's earrings aren't her. And she's like, why? Because like they're flashy and expensive and I'm just like a poor girl or whatever. And he's like, no, they're just not you. And then he says, see this bracelet? This is you. It's simple, beautiful, elegant. And she tells him it was her mom's. And he says, I know. And she goes, and like, then he continues to tell the story of like, Rose, remember it was like six months ago, you were wearing that sweater, you came running down the hall and you said, and I was being my pestering self. And you're like, you know, Pacey, I just found my mom's bracelet. Do you think you could like not bother me for once? And then she looks at him. She's like, you remembered that? And he says, I remember everything. And I'm like, oh, my God, I melted. Like, just setting the standards extremely high. I could not. Oh, my gosh. Okay, number five is Seth and Summer from the OC. Extremely similar to Teen Wolf, since it's the same trope of the socially awkward nerd having a crush on the popular girl who doesn't know he exists. But you also get to see, like, but you get to see a lot more of them, like Seth and Summer as a couple, because, like, it happens a lot earlier on than Styles and Lydia. And also, Seth Cohen is exactly like Styles. Like, so it just makes sense. Number six is Emma and Hook from Once Upon a Time. This is a new one for me because I obviously watched Once Upon a Time fairly recently. I always knew that they would end up like happily ever after, but they still got me with all the heart-wrenching scenes like crying and like seeing them be torn away from each other. Like even though I knew it would end up happily, I was always like so emotionally invested. Then number seven is Cappy and Casey from Greek, a ridiculously underrated show and one I absolutely love to rewatch. And they're just an unlikely pairing, but it works and it's phenomenal. Okay, number eight is Jackson and April from Grey's Anatomy. This is my favorite Grey's Anatomy ship and it enrages me so much. Spoilers also, just in case you're not up to date. Um, And I feel like I only only have to say with Grey's Anatomy because Grey's Anatomy is so long that, you know, you probably haven't seen it all. But... They Jackson and April weren't together and you know April was with Matthew but then the whole thing gets derailed and Jackson and April like couldn't be together but for what only for them to not be together and then April to end up back with Matthew so I'm like why would you put me through that and have me get so attached to it like literally after season eight because obviously the season eight finale was the plane crash and I always feel like there's grays before the plane crash and there's grays after the plane crash and so like the only thing that I was really holding on to after the fact was like Jackson and April and the fact that they just like especially when like Derek died too the fact that they just like ripped that away from me also was just like I was so upset but then again in the world of Grey's Anatomy anything is possible so you never know a lot of people have been feeling like they've been hinting to jackson's like life right now his his romantic relationships right now and he's mentioned april a few times so who knows maybe that would end up even though april and matthew just made so much sense because of like their religious connection everything whatever Okay, number nine is Spencer and Toby from Pretty Little Liars. So Spencer was always my favorite character um, because, you know, I thought, like, she's the smart one, and I feel like she developed into, like, the main character towards, like, the middle of the show, like, especially when she got into... 
Radley and then of course like the end of the show um I always thought like Arya was a little bit of the main character at the beginning because you know she's the one it's like all about how she comes back from with her family from Iceland and then she is like seeing the old friend group and everything but like I feel like it then developed into Spencer a little bit um and Toby I always thought was the most attractive of all the guys like in terms of like the boyfriends obviously Jason was definitely the best looking guy on that show like ugh. Drew Van Acker, gorgeous. And that's why I always wanted um, Aria and Jason to be a thing. Because I was like, Jason needs someone. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's why I liked Spoby. And I feel like their friendship off screen was the best. Like I remember seeing the video where they used to always sell like the Spoby shirts or something. And they would always be promoting it. And they like loved it. And number 10 is Jane and Raphael from Jane the Virgin. Absolutely loved them. I know there is a lot of Team Michael people out there. And I feel like Jane the Virgin almost has like a cop-out because she got her happy ending with both guys. And except for the fact, like spoilers, um, the fact that like they brought Michael back and had him have amnesia, like all that kind of like tarnished it in a sense, of course. So like had they just left Michael dead, it would have like worked because then everyone kind of got like portions of the happy ending um and the, but like Raphael's character development was just out of this world and phenomenal so yeah those are my like favorite tv shifts also in case anyone wanted to know like who my favorite celebrity couples are my number one celebrity couple is Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively like Ryan Reynolds is hilarious I love all, like me and my brother are huge fans of all of his work like literally obsessed with him and like Blake Lively is gorgeous and so talented and I feel like she's just I know everyone's like no one's perfect but I feel like she if there was one person in the world who is perfect it has to be her um like I would die for her wardrobe and like she has like this perfect homemaking skill like I feel like Blake Lively and Reese Witherspoon are totally friends like they have to be right like I feel like Blake Lively is gonna be Reese Witherspoon like when she's like a little bit older I mean they're not that many years apart but like whatever that's my opinion. Also, I feel like I love Jennifer Lopez and um, A-Rod, but it's more like just me loving J-Lo. Um, then what other... Oh, I feel like there's so many other celebrity couples. A celebrity couple that I, like, was super upset when they broke up, like, super upset was Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. I literally loved them. Emma Stone is one of my other favorite actresses, and I think she's hilarious. Like, one of the videos that's like, what's your random obscure YouTube video? Or what's your random obscure, um, like, comfort YouTube video? Mine, and I, I wanted to stitch it, but I just didn't. Mine was when Emma Stone did the lip sync battle with Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show, and she sings, like, All I Do Is Win. Lives in my head rent-free. Like, I literally love it. She is phenomenal. And so her and Andrew Garfield being in The Amazing Spider-Mans together, like, I absolutely loved it. And then I was always upset when, like, Andrew Garfield is no longer Spider-Man. Like, it's Tom Holland, and that's, like, Gen Z's thing. But I'm like, no, Andrew Garfield is Spider-Man to me. And I know there are people who are going to be like, no, Tobey Maguire, but that's, like, not my generation. Um, and I feel like there are a bunch of other celebrity couples, but I'll just leave it at that, I guess. Um, okay, number five in terms of questions is, if you were feeling sick, what TV show would you watch? So, easy answer, and that is the show Friends. I've seen that show more than any other show, and it's just because it's always on. Like, it's TBS plays it every afternoon, and every day when my dad comes home from work, he puts it on and we just watch it. It makes me laugh more than any other show, even though, like, I've seen it a million times over and I know the jokes. It just gets me every time, and it's just, like, warm and fuzzy for me. 
Okay. Then number six, my favorite TV show. So Friends is my favorite comedy. One Tree Hill used to be my favorite drama, but now it's Teen Wolf. Um, But some of my other favorite ones I would say are like Once Upon a Time, uh, Gilmore Girls, um, Greek, and like This Is Us sometimes. Like I go back and forth with This Is Us. Then someone asked what my favorite movie is. Easy answer. You guys already know. The greatest movie to ever be made. She's the man. Literally iconic. There will never be another movie as great as She's the Man. Okay, another question. Will you start doing movies too? So yeah, I've actually already done a bunch of movies on the podcast, whether that be movie lists like rom-coms, summer movies, Halloween and Christmas movies, or then like new popular movies that get their very own podcast episode. So like To All the Boys, The Kissing Booth, After, like I'm confident that I will do more in the future of both versions. Like I'm sure in the, I'm, so like, in the next few weeks, you can definitely look forward to an episode about the final to all the boys, but I'm definitely not ready for it because I'm not ready for it to be over. And then I might do another because I know that comes out February 12th. So I'm going to ha- probably do maybe like the first week of February, which I realize is this week, but maybe next week I'll do an episode about like all my favorite, like a new version of rom-coms or like the best movies to watch for Valentine's Day. And then the following week, I'll do the recap on to all the boys, um, the third and final movie, which guys, I'm not ready. It's going to be so sad. Like already watching the trailer. First of all, they do, they're so good at making trailers and making you feel like nostalgia for this franchise that even though it's like a newer franchise, it's not like anything from my childhood or anything. I already feel nostalgia about it. Nostalgic about it. Okay, question. Your opinion on One Tree Hill. So the very first show I discussed on the podcast and one of my favorites of all time. So I think like it's amazing. It's one of the best. The show has such compelling stories, great character development, amazing like dramatic twists and phenomenal music. I would just say like check out the a One Tree Hill specific episodes if you want like more details because, you know, I can't obviously go into everything now. Then someone just asked, what movie or show should I watch? Okay, I would recommend some of my favorite shows like Teen Wolf, Gilmore Girls, Once Upon a Time, but also some underrated ones like the original Party of Five, Wildfire, and Greek. Absolutely love those, and I feel like they have a lot of the same elements that these more mainstream shows that have a larger fandom have, and I feel like you'll like them just as much. Then for movies, I would of course say She's the Man if you haven't seen it. Um, the movie Gifted with Chris Evans and McKenna Grace, like, makes me cry. Um, Fired Up, which is a hilarious cheerleading movie, and in my opinion, like, it puts Bring It On to shame. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the Bring It On franchise. Bring It On All or Nothing is one of my all-time favorites, but Fired Up is hilarious, and it gives, like, a different perspective of it, because it's through the eyes of, like, male cheerleaders, but they're not exactly real cheerleaders they like just do it to get girls but then they learn to love it and whatever plus there's about a million recognizable people in that movie okay like I can't even tell you all the people that are in it I will list some of them just to entice you okay minor roles some of the people but like Naomi from 90210 she plays the mean girl then you see a minor person like Francia Reza who played um Adrian in The Secret Life of the American Teenager and is now on Grownish. She plays a minor role. Then you have Eric Christian Olsen, who is in NCIS LA, and um, he's in it. Another person is um, the lead girl. who, who she, Her name's Carly in the movie. She's married to, one, to Chad Michael 
Murray. And there's a joke about Ch- about Chad Michael Murray in the movie. But obviously, it's way before they even knew each other and dated. So I love because it's like a foreshadowing type of thing. There's also like someone from the movie, uh, the, the show Wildfire, which I just mentioned, and it's one of my favorites. Then there is, um, I think, Danielle Achilles, who is married to Jensen Achilles, who she was in One Tree Hill as Rachel Gatina. She's in it. Um, like there's a bunch of people that you'll recognize. And I really just like love that movie. And it's so funny. And then the last movie that I'll recommend is The Goonies because it's one of my favorite oldies. Um, and it's such an adventurous, like fun movie. So you should watch that one. Okay. Do you watch Julie and the Phantoms? And if you do, who do you ship? So I do watch Julie and the Phantoms. I've seen it twice and I love it. The music is just chef's kiss. Now, I don't know for the ships. Like, I feel like I care more about Alex and Willie than I do for Luke and Julie just because of, like, the age difference. Yes, between, like, Charlie Gillespie and Madison Reyes, but also, like, it's weird because Julie is now 16 and Luke is still, like, he's 16 or 17. I think he's 17, but, like, he's 25 extra years old. Like, it's kind of weird. So, I don't know. It doesn't make sense, like, how it's all going to happen, especially, like, with their inability to touch, but now they can. Like, I don't know. So, I don't know how I feel about it, but, like, I just love Charlie Gillespie and, like, Julie and the Phantoms and everything about it. Okay, what is your favorite high school musical movie? Now, I go back and forth with this all the time, and I feel like it's an unpopular opinion, but I'm just going to give you my breakdown of it. So, the first one is definitely my least favorite. I know it's iconic, but so much of it is cringy, and I think the songs and the other ones are just better. The second one used to be my least favorite, but honestly, as I've gotten older, I've realized how many of the best songs are from there. Obviously, bet on it and gotta go my own way, but every day and work this out are ridiculously underrated. But honestly, honestly, the third one is my favorite. And it's because, like, they're the most grown up in it. And also, like, every single song is literally unbelievable. My all-time franchise favorite is Just Wanna Be With You. So that's in the third one. And the amount of nostalgia that this one gives me is just next level. Like, I live for nostalgia. So that's why this carries, I think, extra importance for me. Like, there are too many moments in the movie that gives me chills or makes me cry. And I'm just going to quote them for you right now because I wanted to. And you gave me the opening. Up first, when Coach Bolton says, and for you seniors on the team... You only have 16 minutes left in a wildcat uniform. Or when Sharpay realizes she's in the wrong costume and then she appears on stage and she's like, it's my night. Then when the graduates are on stage and they're playing like the the slow, soft version of we're all in this together. And Miss Darby says, and now a senior who I believe has a decision to make. Mr. Troy Bolton. Troy, I've chosen basketball, but I've also chosen theater. The University of California, Berkeley, offers me both, and that's where I'll be attending next fall. But most of all, I choose the person who inspires my heart, which is why I've chosen a school that's exactly 32.7 miles from you. Miss Gabriela Montez, Stanford University, pre-law, like Oh my god, the chills. And of course, Troy's entire graduation speech, but most importantly, it's where one person, if it's the right person, changes us all. And I guess that means we really are all in this together. Because once a wildcat, always a wildcat. 
Ugh, that quote, once a wildcat, always a wildcat, is a sticker on my laptop in case anyone was curious, because that is how much I live for the High School Musical franchise. But specifically, like I said, the third one, because it gives the most nostalgia and like celebrating the franchise of what it is, and I just love it. So yeah, that answered the question. Hopefully you guys don't hate me. Um, Another question, opinion on Dean from Gilmore Girls. I mean, he's okay. Obviously, like, he's the worst of all the guys on Gilmore Girls, and he gets the most hate, but he was a good first boyfriend for Rory. I despise their relationship and the way it ended with, like, her sleeping with him when he was married, but I try to block that out from my memory, and you can hear a little bit more about it, I think, if you listen to the Gilmore Girls episodes. And then the last question is Sky and Riven from Fate the Wink Saga or Luke and Alex from Julie and the Phantoms? This is an easy one. Definitely Luke and Alex from Julie and the Phantoms. I absolutely love their friendship, both on the show and in real life. Like, they're just amazing. And I want it. I saw their live a few days ago of all three of the guys hanging out. I'm like, I just want to hang out with them. They just seem so chill and so fun. Alex is my favorite character on Julie and the Phantoms because I think he's the most relatable for me in terms of like, you know, being sensitive and realistic. And but they think they all have their perfect humor and they have like a perfect balance between the three of them and their different types of humor. But with Sky and Riven, I think they're just too new and, you know, like their friendship is within a drama show. So there's more to it. And I'm sure like there's more than we've seen so far. But I feel like there's probably um, potential for them. I mean, I actually love Riven and I think he's my favorite character on Fate so far just because I feel like he's a very complex character and there's more to him than we can tell so far. Well, that is is all the questions that you guys asked me. Thank you again to everyone who submitted questions on my Instagram story. I always look forward to it and there will definitely be more opportunities to ask me questions, you know, about advice, about creating podcasts, about TikTok, about my personal life, about jobs. Hopefully I can give you guys an update about a career. I don't know. Um, But I really, again, just wanted to thank you guys so much for this entire year. Like I've said before, you know, going through the pandemic especially like after graduating from college and struggling to find a job. The podcast has given me something to constantly check in week after week and give me something to do and something to look forward to and a purpose in a sense. So I really enjoy it. And I'm just thankful that there are people out there who enjoy listening to my opinions and hearing what I have to say, as well as, you know, watching my videos on TikTok or on Instagram reels. Like I am just so, so thankful. So again, Um, Thank you so much for listening to me through this episode. I hope this answered some of the questions that you guys had and were curious about. Um, I'm sorry if it was a little bit lengthy at times. I tend to ramble because I just like to talk. Um, If you're not already following me, please do so at Not So Critically Acclaimed, both on Instagram and TikTok. And if you could subscribe to my um, podcast on Apple Podcasts, also rate and review. I would love more than anything to read a review and get feedback because I love the DMs, but I would just love to see something tangible on Apple Podcasts. That's always nice to hear. But otherwise, I will be back next week with a new episode to start off the second year of Not So Critically Acclaimed. I'm Laura. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.